Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harbin, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, with you as always for another episode of our Sunday show, The Standard is the Standard. And what a crazy day this has been. I'm talking waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning after you spring forward, you already lost an hour of sleep, to get text messages from my boy Lance Williams saying, AB got traded to the Raiders, and I'm everything all hell broke loose from there. So uh, with that, I bring in Lance, my co-host Lance, not your typical Sunday for Steeler nation. What do you think? No, nah, man, that was a wild ride. I mean, of course, you know, with the, with the time difference, I believe it hit in the West coast, man, about nine 30 PM around there. It was later in the evening. Cause I was watching some boxing and I was like, man, I got to text Jeff, but I know it's like, 1.30 at night. He might be doing chin-ups, but uh, if he isn't doing chin-ups at the time, he's going to get this in the morning and throw his phone. So hopefully you didn't throw your phone when you got the news. No. Well, here's the funny thing. Like, I sleep with my phone. It's next to my, I sleep with airplane mode on and do not disturb. Like, I don't want my phone going off in the middle of the night. And my one of my daughters is not feeling well. I got up and I got back in bed and I was looked at my phone just by happenstance and I saw this stuff. I was like, Holy crap. Now, fortunately, like this is huge, fortunately, because I had had several articles scheduled to run on the website about why there hasn't been a trade and stuff. So if it, if, if I hadn't gotten up and seen that two articles probably would have published before I even got out of bed that basically said, uh, you know, talking about Antonio Brown not being traded when he had already been traded. So I got up, wrote some articles and everything is, Oh man, it's bad. In terms of the response from Steeler Nation, it's bad. But let me give you an, an example. Okay, so I, I did an article for the website, and I just wanted to get a feel from the fan base. What do you think of the compensation the Steelers received for Antonio Brown? I gave three potential options. There's, I'm fine with it. The second option was the Steelers got the short end of this deal, and the third option was who cares? He's gone. We've had almost five thousand votes already, and it's not even one o'clock on the East Coast. And 60%, 2,820 votes, think the Steelers got the short end of the deal with 29%, 1,360, say, who cares, he's gone. So that's kind of what the fan base is thinking right now. Um, they're not happy at all. And the one thing I want to start off with is everyone is, there's a one, I, I don't hate using the word everyone. A lot of people are really upset with Kevin Colbert and the Steelers, and I get it. They, you basically got in, gave away Antonio Brown for just a fifth round pick and what that we got from Martavis Bryant, a third round pick. And when you look at it in that way, it just looks really bad. But at the same time, I hope that fans put their anger and resentment in the right spot. In other words, I'm not angry with the Steelers in this situation because they didn't have much of a choice, in my opinion. They were, they, they basically were put into a corner by Antonio Brown, Drew Rosenhaus. Don't think he didn't have a lot of say in what happened and how Antonio Brown uh, basically acted. So the Steelers did everything they could to make A.B. happy during his nine years in Pittsburgh. They gave him the deal when Mike Wallace was holding out. He grossly outperformed that contract, so they kept on throwing him money up front. Here's more money, here's more money, here's more money. They gave him a huge extension. He's the highest paid receiver in the National Football League. And then two years in, he says, I want out. And he is essentially throwing the organization. He's throwing the quarterback. He's throwing the coach under the bus. He's lowering his value. And the Steelers then get stuck with this. They get stuck with giving, getting a third and a fifth round pick to the Oakland Raiders. And I can't believe the Oakland Raiders redid his contract the way they did. He's going to be making, I want to say, close to... 30 million guaranteed on a three-year contract. So Lance, what are your thoughts? In terms of what you were talking about, the fan base's response of getting screwed or we're just glad he's gone, I'm probably in the middle of it. I, I think the issue that really hurt the Steelers in this negotiation, if you want to call it that, is the public nature at which everything occurred. I have a saying Bad boys move in silence, loose lips sink ships, no oxygen, and a variety of others, which I did on a Yeah, I Said It show. 
Once the owner came out and said, after the meeting in Florida, we will trade you. They lost, it turns out, a tremendous amount of leverage. I mean, a, a lot of the leverage that they had went out the door. A.B. and his team pounced on that by then doing the shop, the ESPN interview, making comments about Ben Roethlisberger at every turn. They scorched the earth. So they set it up where there was no way he could come back. And the league knew it. And I believe Kevin Colbert did his best job of trying to sell the hand that he was given. But you can't bluff when a, when your fellow poker player can see your cards. You just can't bluff. I mean, the league knew that they were not and could not bring him back. And so with that being said, there was probably no way they were going to get a first-round pick Although Kevin Colbert put up a good face and trying to say, if we didn't get the compensation that we wanted, we would bring him back. But the league knew, A.B. knew, and everybody knew that that wasn't going to happen. So at the end of the day, the excuse me, the Steelers are probably fortunate, and I almost said Lakers because the Lakers suck as well. <laughs> but the Steelers are fortunate because they got an additional pick in a fifth. You know, I'm, I'm, I mean, they probably, I mean, as, as it turns out, I mean, getting the, the fifth and getting two picks, you know, probably sweetened it. You know, the Steelers are probably fortunate they didn't just get a third. Yeah. So, you know, I think the Steelers played this really wrong, and it starts with ownership. You just can't be that vocal in telling the entire league what your intentions are. You know, just think about it, Jeff. It's just simple negotiation one-on-one -on -one. if you know somebody's not going to do something you can negotiate against that and that's what happened in this case but the thing that really kills the Steelers is they have to eat a 21 to 22 million dollar dead money charge if they don't make it in terms of a June 1st or I think they can't even designate a June 1st because it happened before they can't even wriggle around it that way so they're going to eat 21 million in dead cap and here's the thing when you were talking about them doing A-B right in terms of money, the money part they created as well. They created the monster and placating his personality and his diva mentality. They created the issue with the dead cap charge and increasing it by another $10 million by having to try to get under the cap last year by trying to have cap space to retain Le'Veon Bell if they were going to do a trade which kicked the cap space to 21, 22 million. So you create the money monster issue and you create the personality and now he's gone and you get stuck with a third and a fifth and a bunch of dead money. Bad day for Steeler Nation. Absolutely a bad day. And fans are, I feel like some fans are just so angry. They want to be mad at everybody. They want to be mad at Colbert, Tomlin, Rooney, AB, everybody. And I get it. I get how everyone is so upset. The thing is, is that when you look at this whole situation and the live chat is going crazy, if you're watching on YouTube, live on YouTube currently, go hop into the live chat, get in there and let us know what you think. Here's the, here's the one thing I keep on telling myself is it, yes, it was a third and a fifth. Is that the correct compensation? No, it isn't. But at the same time, they never do this, but I guess I'm always holding out hope that they could utilize those picks and the sixth round pick that they reportedly got for uh, Marcus Gilbert. Maybe they can position themselves by trading in the draft. It doesn't have to be in the first round. I was honestly hoping for a second round pick for Brown. If they would have gotten a two, I would have been happy. They didn't get a two. All reports were coming out of the camp, of the Antonio Brown camp. I think this came from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, is that they had better deals in terms of draft picks, but those teams weren't as willing to renegotiate a contract. And that was the kicker. We talked about it on our show. I didn't hear, Lance, you might, I, you might have heard other people, but I didn't hear anyone else write or talk about this as much as we did, and that it's the contract negotiations that were really going to keep him from being traded. Because you're not just trading Brown to X team for 
Y contract. You're trading him to X team to get good compensation. And on top of that, he wants to be the highest paid player in the receiver in the NFL. He wants to get a new contract. Some teams like, look, you want a first round pick and we have to pay this guy that much money. No, thanks. And so that's where they went wrong. And so all this stuff with Buffalo and all these other teams, I guarantee you when they picked up the phone, they're like, Hey, we're thinking second round pick. And they're like, okay, but you got to understand that it, we, you have to talk to Drew Rosenhaus, his agent. Drew Rosenhaus is saying, my guy wants to be the top paid wide receiver, so we're going to have to deal to get a new deal done. And that's when they're like, well, we're not doing that. We can't do that. A lot of teams cannot do that. The Raiders were willing to. I just think that, is there, let me ask you this, Lance. Is there a way that you think that in three years, we look back on this trade and say, maybe it wasn't as bad as we first thought? What are your thoughts? Yes, yeah, absolutely. And, and let me let me pop my collar just a little bit and give myself some credit with the "Yeah, I said it" show about how AB was trying to use his relationship with Ben Roethlisberger to get a new contract. I said that on my show a couple of weeks ago, and this was the case. This was the point of it. He was trying to get a new bag. He was turning thirty-one. He wanted a new bag. The NFL does typically does not try to tear up three years remaining on contracts. And it's not a collusionary thing. It's just a wink, wink, nod, nod as an organization. Like, you know, we're going to kind of take care of ourselves and we're not going to set precedents about ripping up three-year contracts. But this was about trying to get a new bag of money. And he wasn't going to get a new bag in Pittsburgh. Although Pittsburgh had given him substantial cash outlays over the last several seasons. And, and I, I'm going to jump into those numbers at, at some point in the program. So in terms of if this will we'll look back on this and this will be seen as something that was positive. Yes. I'm going to give you terrible fan thought. First of all, if AB goes out and hurts himself in the first four games and can't play next year, fan base will be ecstatic. The fan base will use pom-pom cheering. They'll be burning A-B shirts. It'll be like a uh, – it'll be almost as if the Steelers won a Super Bowl if A-B goes out and blows a hamstring and it's terrible. So that'll be a success for fans, right? I'll lead that charge personally. So that'll be a success for fans. The second thing, <laughs> though, is if you can convert this third and fifth pick to move up into a draft in the draft some point, and that draft pick becomes a monster – pro bowler all pro guy people will say it's a success if either of those three or five picks turn out to be very good players that help the Steelers win games yes the Steelers fans will be happy about it if somehow the Steelers can renegotiate Ben Roethlisberger's contract try to lessen the hit of that dead money cap charge and somehow they create some more cap space that turns into a free agent that becomes very good for them and they win yes winning cures everything if the steelers are still successful and they win a bunch of football games after ab is gone steeler fan will just look at this as a just a negative blip on the radar okay let's talk about your first thought there and that is antonio brown's success or potential success in oakland how do you see this going down? Because I wrote an opinion article right after it happened. It was about how Antonio Brown's going to have a lot to prove out in Oakland. And I basically laid out exactly what's going to happen. He's going to show up for his introductory press conference. He's going to be all smiles. He's going to flash that million-dollar smile. He's going to say all the right things, very soft-spoken. And you know what? When he goes to training camp for the first time, the media out there and the fans will be like, oh, my gosh, He's catching footballs on the jugs machine for 30 minutes after practice. Look at this work ethic. Oh, my goodness. And he does have a tremendous work ethic. No one's taking that away from him. And then all of a sudden, the games are going to start. And Derek Carr might not find him open. Or Derek Carr might not have the time to throw. Or Derek Carr might throw to Jared Cook too much. And then it's going to start to build. So my question for you, Lance, is Derek Carr is not a horrible quarterback. I would say that if we're tiering them out, tier one, tier two, tier three, he's right in between a two and three. And he's not like a, uh, he's not a Colt McCoy who might be starting this year or a Case Keenum. 
but he's not horrible. He's had good seasons in the past. How do you see this playing out in terms of production on field for Antonio Brown in Oakland? Because Steeler fans, myself included, want him to do nothing but fail. <laughs> Look, before I get into the production, let me, let me give you uh, what's going to happen before all of that. Because I live in California. And by the way, I actually work down the street from the Raiders facility from their actual training camp and their facility. So I may indeed see Antonio Brown in the Rolls Royce driving to work. I actually may run into AB. I wouldn't be surprised if I do. I run into a lot of players considering where I work. I just wanted to throw that in there as an aside. But before you even get to the on field, and because I live in California and the tax situation, before he gets to the first press conference, he's going to ask for more money. When he see those, when he sees those taxes killing that 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 uh, that new money that he got, he's like, "Wow!" After the taxes, it's the same money that I got in Pittsburgh. So he's probably going to ask for more money before he even shows up because the taxes are murdering California. In terms of production on the field, it's going to be nowhere near the numbers that he gets in Pittsburgh because the Raiders aren't a good team, although they beat the Steelers for the Steelers' annual trip to Oakland, of which I pay for tickets and go watch games and watch them lose every single time they're out there. But but Carr isn't Roethlisberger. The offensive line isn't the same as the Steelers. And they're going to be bad, and they're going to get their head beat in, and they're not going to be in playoffs because San Diego and Kansas City is mu are much better. And he's going to complain why it's going to be a train wreck. Absolutely. Because I think what he minimized in all of this is winning and the impact that winning has on your brand. Winning elevated his brand along with his play. Being in Pittsburgh, winning, that's what created AB84 along with his great play. But being in Oakland, not winning, not being in the public eye, those things are going to diminish his brand. So I, I think it's going to be a train wreck in Oakland. I definitely have been on the side that says that the connection that Roethlisberger and Brown had in Pittsburgh is not something that can be developed overnight. And Derek Carr might be a really hard worker, but Roethlisberger and Brown were at the point where they knew that if things broke down and Roethlisberger rolled this way, he knew exactly where the other, he, they both knew what the other was going to do. And that just doesn't happen. Like it's not saying it can't, it's just not going to happen right away. And so Steeler fans will be keeping a close eye on this. Rightfully so. No one wishes ill will on him. I don't wish that he tears his ACL or anything like that. Not saying that I wouldn't chuckle if he did, but at the same time, <laughs> oh, but at the whoa. same time, no one is wishing that. I'm not wishing that he tears his ACL. I'm just saying, like, if he goes out and, like you said, he pulls a hamstring because he's too busy dyeing his mustache instead of training, then I would be chuckling to myself. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Now, let's go back to, let's leave the Raiders because I hate the Raiders. Wait, let me throw one thing in, Jeff, before we jump into one thing. One okay. thing. This. He's going to have to actually dye the mustache silver. <laughs> because in the Bay Area, if his mustache is gold, he'll be mistaken as a 49er. Mm. So he's going to have to dye that mustache silver to match Al Davis and the Raiders and John Facenda and all that stuff that they call out here. We, we've, hit, we've hit an all-time low when we're talking about players. Dying mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's 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 now. There is some finality here, even though Jerry Dulac, I can't believe he did this, but he tweeted out that he talked to a source in the Steelers, and they said, "Look, no deal is done until the they've signed on the dotted line." Which fans should know the new league year hasn't started, so this is an agreement that is in place. Air quotes there, uh, meaning that things can change. Um, I guess technically the Steelers could pull the rug out on this deal. I don't think that'll happen, but at the same time just like the Joe Flacco trade to Denver, just like Nick Foles to Jacksonville. These are all agreements that are in place but cannot go into effect until the new league year starts, which I think is the 13th. Correct me yes, if I'm wrong, yes, Lance? Yes, okay. I believe so. Yes, 13 to 12. That's next week. Let me, let me interrupt you before we get into our next point. Sure. With that being said, what could 
what would change? What do you think would have to change or what would the Raiders have to add to the current what is reported compensation for Steeler Nation to really change its opinion on this transaction? It'd have to be a better pick. I, I still think that if, I think if, if, the, if the third was the second and you got a second and a fifth, I think Steeler fans would be like, hey, that's fine. Right. We got a second round pick, fifth round pick. That means we'd have two in the second. Your second round is so different than the third. I mean, it's it's night and day difference in terms of the the prospects. And then uh, we didn't do this article, but I saw several people did. They looked at, okay, here are all the players that have been drafted in the third round in Pittsburgh since 2010 when Antonio Brown was drafted. And it's not a very good list. And so people would immediately think, well, they're not going to turn this third round pick into a big time player or anything like that. So it is what it is. I think that it would have to be that third would have to turn into a second. Don't think that's going to happen. Don't hold your breath. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But now let's focus on the Steelers in 2019. So Brown is finally gone. He The, the drama is not over. Trust me, there's going to be tweets or Instagram posts or Instagram lives, whatever. I love how Juju Smith-Schuster sent out a, a picture on his Twitter account, and it was the tremendous catch that he had in Oakland where the ball was tipped up in the air. He caught it, got two feet in, remarkable touchdown. And it was a picture of that with just simple for a caption, I'm ready. So Juju's the guy now. Lance, how do the Steelers approach free agency in the draft at wide receiver? Because let's be honest, with AB gone – Wide receiver position now moves directly up into, I would say, the top three team needs this offseason. How are you approaching it? And do you think Juju Smith-Schuster is a legitimate number one? Because a lot of people aren't sold on that. They think that he's a product of Antonio Brown drawing a lot of attention away from him. What are your thoughts on that as a whole? I'm not going to go as far as that his production is solely a product of AB. I don't think he's a number one receiver. However, I think he's probably a one and a half. I think he's a very good number two. In terms of, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's strength as a quarterback, I think Ben is a better intermediate intermediate to deep ball thrower. With that being said, I think what you have to do in their offense is you need a wide receiver to play the X position. And so I don't think Juju's ideal position is the X. I, I think Juju is a flanker. And I think he's a slot receiver. I think those are where he excels. Maybe they have that guy on the roster currently in James Washington, which was his forte. But as Jeff shakes his head in the background, and I'm shaking my, <laughs> my internal head that, no, James Washington isn't the guy. They're going to have to draft a guy. So I think that brings a wide receiver back into play in the first round, or they're going to have to go get a wide receiver in free agency. They have to have somebody to take up that X position. Another way I think they could attack it is you attack it from the tight end position and you have another vertical threat at the tight end spot attacking the seams and stretching the field out. And essentially you have a lot of slot receivers and your vertical threats are your tight ends. That maybe you do it that way as well. But I think the Steelers are going to go target a wide receiver. And here's the thing. The one positive thing to remember in all of this is that Juju, James Washington, and Antonio Brown, none of those guys were first-round draft picks. Uh, Mike Wallace, I don't believe, was a first-round draft pick. Emmanuel Sanders wasn't a first-round draft pick. I've named five very good players that they developed. So there is a track record, and there is a strong suggestion that the Steelers will be able to draft a wide receiver and develop that position. I don't know if you'll find an A.B., but I wouldn't have said you would have found an A.B. when they found an A.B. I'm trying to channel my inner joy to be more, more oh. joy. And I, I, I'm going to suggest that this organization will be able to sufficiently find a wide receiver 
or several via whatever route they take to make some up of some of that lost production of AB. I think they'll find a very good player and be able to develop that player. It's just the 15 touchdowns. And let me ask you, Jeff, of those 15 touchdowns with the current offensive players they have, distribute those out to the current players that they have on their roster. Well, I think that James Washington will be more prepared this year. I think he'll get more opportunities this season. So I would say put a number to that. Put a number to that. So let, let, uh, let's let's okay let's, five let's, five okay five. So that's ten more. I say Jalen Samuels' expanded role, especially as a slot receiver, especially in the red zone, will be utilized. We'll say three to four. So, so now we're I'm gonna give on low end. I'll say eight. So we got seven more. Okay. Um, I think that honestly, you're going to see the tight ends be utilized a little bit more. So maybe Vance McDonald takes two, three at the maybe three. So we'll go 10. We got five left, five left. That's tough. I mean, James Connor will probably get a couple. So we'll say two to James Connor as a receiver. Maybe. So that's, 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 that's three left. And then I would assume that maybe Three left. You think Ryan Switzer will probably cash in a few times, and then they're going to have new receivers. So, so, so but, I, I think they can distribute it. I think the question is, though, will the guys? So for Washington, I think it's just a plus five. I don't think he scored. Did he score a touchdown last year? He did. One. He's his first touch was an NFL touchdown. Okay, so he would have to get six. So the question, I think they could. I think they can get the fifteen. The difficulty in getting the fifteen is will the guys that we're spreading it out to maintain their production from last year. I mean, that's the difficulty. Will James go from maybe one to six? You know, will Juju go from, what did Juju have about maybe seven or eight? Yeah, he didn't get as much as I thought. He's a good red zone target. I'm surprised that, well, almost all the touchdowns went to seemingly to Antonio Brown. Um, I think Juju's numbers can go up from last year, and James Washington can only go up. Um, you can't really get much worse. I think Switzer being in the offense for an, a full offseason will help. They'll be able to utilize him better. Um, Jalen Samuels will be more comfortable in the offense. They'll be able to really – they've seen what he can do. They can maximize his skill set now. Um, it's not going to be easy. I don't want people to think yeah, like definitely. as we talk about this. It's not going to be simple. You can't replace the production of a Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, but that doesn't mean that it can't lead to a more balanced offense. We've talked about that uh, a lot on this show. So yeah, fifteen is going to be a tough number to catch. Um, uh, it's it's going to be a collective unit, and so my question to you, Lance, and we talked about this before, is without Antonio Brown, I see them being more spread out in terms of targets. Is going to be more even. It's not going to be so lopsided in one direction. Um, sure. I don't think they have a. I don't think they have the player on the team now, like the Antonio Brown, that was always he had to get his. Like, I don't think Juju is that type of player, at least not yet. Um, I don't think anyone else on that team is like that. I do think, here's a question for you. Eli Rogers is a free agent. You want to, you targeting him and saying, we need to get him back? I would. I think he's better than Switzer in a slot. I mean, I think he's a better slot receiver than Switzer. And I think with his relationship with Ben Roethlisberger, given the tumultuous nature of the position, I think you bring back a familiar target. I loved what he did against New England. So I think you bring Eli Rogers back. And I think you can do it very cheaply. So I, I think that that that's definitely a positive move. In terms of the touchdowns, I would like the running game to get the bulk of those. I would love for the running game to get the bulk of those 15. And then you kind of spread it out. You mean, A.B., I think, got like maybe 165 targets last year. It was an absurd amount of targets. I could pull up my spreadsheet but he got a ton of targets, and it'll be interesting to see how that gets distributed. Um, who do you think is going to get the lion's share of those targets? Let's say of those 165, who gets an additional 30? Who gets the additional 35? Logically, you think Juju, but you know, I don't know. I'm not, not for sure as I throw it around in my mind. Yeah, it's, that's, that's a really tough question to answer. I mean, if you think about the way that the offense was looking at times this year, uh, I remember one game in particular, I think he had targeted, Ben Roethlisberger targeted almost 10 receivers with completions to 
seven or eight. I mean, it was it was crazy how he was spreading the ball around. That's when, in my opinion, the Steelers' offense is really good. It's really tough to defend when the ball can go to any number of players. Um, but who would get the bulk of that? I still think Vance McDonald can be more involved in the offense than what he is. And I think Juju, he's going to have – he might see his numbers decrease a little bit unless they go out and get someone in free agency and pick up a guy in the draft that they think is a proven guy that can really take some attention off of him. But they need to be smart with Juju. That's the one thing people don't understand is that, for me, the the, the way that they need to use Juju Smith-Schuster is not out wide. He is a – Pure, he he is best in the slot. Put him in that bunch formation. Put him on a safety. Put him on a linebacker. Whatever the miss, he can create a lot of mismatches there. And the Steelers, look at what they did with Heinz Ward. I mean, that was really Heinz Ward. I, I heard that someone said, I saw it on Twitter, that they were talking with a Steelers scout, and they said when they drafted Juju Smith-Schuster, they said this guy's Heinz Ward with more skill. And that's kind of the way I view him now. When you look at, it, you're like, man, this is true. He doesn't have breakaway speed. He's good. He's fast enough. That's been proven two years in a row with 97-yard touchdown receptions. But at the same time, he's not the Mike Wallace type that's going to just run past you and take the top off. But that doesn't mean schematically you can't make it work. So if they have James Washington as, we'll say, the Y, if they can get an X receiver, which Hakeem, uh, I think it's Butler, and people are talking about the rookie, um, he's a big, tall receiver, or you have that Williams from the Chargers, who's a free agent. Some are saying Golden Tate. I'm not sure they need another Golden Tate type. And no, I feel like they, they have. I feel like they have that if they bring back Rodgers and/or Switzer. Um, they have that small, shifty route runner. So if they can just get that one guy on the other side, even if it's John Brown who played for the Ravens, who's fast enough to get vertical, they might be able to make it work. Uh, it's going to be different. I, that's why I hope fans realize it's going to be different. It's not going to yeah, be the same so. old Steelers offense where we're chucking it deep. It might be more of the New England Patriots style offense, which is we're going to maximize our down and distance. We're going to keep the chains moving. We're going to be super efficient with the football. And if that's the case, I'm fine with it. I'm absolutely fine with it because if they're efficient with the football, that typically means that there's less turnovers. And we've already talked about this at, at nauseum. And that's the number one thing that needs to change next year is less turnovers. So yeah, or we can just get back or we can get back to Steeler football, man, and run the football. Like let like, like we can get back, you know, run the football well. You know, make this a play action, run a football offense that's catered around running the football. I mean, we can get back to, to Steeler football, at least on the offensive side, and run the ball more effectively. Uh, however, the defensive side of the football, you know, is, is a question. And in terms of the targets, I just looked at my spreadsheet. It was 168 targets, of which he caught 104 balls for a percentage of 62%. Boy, 168 targets. That's the thing, too. You know, not only the touchdowns, man, it's the targets. Almost 170 targets. I mean, either you redistribute those targets like we talked about or that number of targets come out of the offense. And those targets transition into rushing attempts. That's why when I was on Twitter and I saw that Carlos Hyde went to Kansas City, which I think is a great move for Kansas City. You know, I would have loved a veteran running back like a Carlos Hyde. And so maybe some of those attempts become rushing attempts and James Conner runs the football more or Samuels runs the football more. And we get back to that word that you say more than anything on this show. And what is that? Jeff? Balance. Balance. Absolutely. Again, you need to be balanced. Like you said, but it doesn't have to be 50-50. 60-40 would be fine. Pass to run ratio, right? right. Okay. Um, freaking Bengals fan in the live chat. Gosh, freaking Bengals. Why? Get get the hell out of here. Bungles, 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 <laughs> bungles. We don't say that. We don't say that name. <laughs> uh, so, hey, all right. So, um, I did, obviously, Antonio Brown's going to drive the conversation today, but there were other moves made this past week since we were last on the show that are worth talking about that do have ramifications on this team. I want to start off with Marcus Gilbert. Now it's funny because I've been doing a series of articles. It's probably been over the last three weeks and it is 
um, key decisions that could really impact the 2019 Steelers. And the first one I did was on Marcus Gilbert. And I looked at what the dead money hit would be if they just cut him. I saw that there would be a lot. It was the last year of his contract. There'd be a lot of cap savings if they get rid of him. And I asked, I, I thought that if they felt he could be healthy, that they would bring him back. But I said, I wouldn't be shocked if they tried to get rid of him either. They tell him he's on the trading block. He gets traded to Arizona for a six round pick. And again, everyone is always just so, oh my gosh, a six round pick. They were going to cut him anyways. I guarantee you they were going to tell him good luck in free agency. And instead they get a six round pick. So is it ideal? No. Marcus Gilbert has watched more games than he has played in the last two years, thanks to knee injuries and the suspension. So they get a six round pick, which means that they have a total of 10 draft picks this, this so far that they've accumulated that, that, that number might go up. if They trade someone like Morgan Burnett still, but nonetheless, I look at this and I say, okay, they get rid of Gilbert. I'm fine with it. They create some salary cap space by doing so. Lance, look at the right tackle situation. Who's the leader in the clubhouse is what I want to know. I pronounce his name for me. You know who I'm thinking. I don't pronounce You're his name. You talking about Chooks Okorafor, the no, second-year player? Filer. Matt, Fi Matt Filer, okay. Filer will also be, I think Filer will be also, the but there'll be okay. a competition. But there'll be a competition for him. I think it'll be Filer. There's going to be a serious competition because you have Filer, who you would assume is the leader in the clubhouse. Duke's a core four who was their third round pick last year from Western Michigan, who did play last season as the extra tackle did start a game against Denver. He got a lot of help. It played well. They said that he's, he's a project, but he's a good player. And then you also have Gerald Hawkins, who is from LSU. I believe he's going into his fourth year. He's been hurt a lot, missed two years back to back to back with shoulder. And I think he tore his quadricep last year in OTAs. So he's been out. And then also Zach Banner, who's a monster of a man who spent last year on the practice squad. They're going to have some competition there. I love everything they did. And we'll talk about, they also signed Ramon Foster. I was shocked by that, uh, especially after they tendered BJ Finney. They re they gave uh, Marquise Pounty a new contract three years. That line is intact and is rock solid except for the right tackle spot. Lance, how how does the Gilbert leaving and the uncertainty about the right tackle position impact the upcoming season, in your opinion? I don't think it'll have any impact because it's, to your point, Gilbert didn't play. So they've been playing with these guys basically for the whole year anyway. Uh, the time, you know, I, I think people have revisionist history when they talk about Gilbert, and it goes back to his dominant performances against Von Miller, but that 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 was years ago. Uh, he's not a healthy player, so I think they've gotten past him anyway in terms of his impact. So I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine with any of those guys if they get the start. Uh, and I think it's a great move. I mean, considering they have a new offensive line coach, and I think if you want continuity and stability in the offense, if you think you're going to lose an Antonio Brown, maybe bringing back all these guys tips it that they're going to run the football more. But if you want to be stable and have stability, you have to fortify your offensive line. And so now they are fortified at the position. They have depth, the internal uh, offensive line part with guard center, with the tendering of Finney. They have a wealth of options at the right tackle position. So they're healthier and they're probably better because just Gilbert couldn't play. And, and when you get into your last year of your contract, we were talking about the dead money and the cap savings, looking at overthecap.com, and they do a fantastic job. When you get into your last year of your deal, the, the pre-June 1, the post-June 1 cut costs, the trade costs, all of that is pretty much the same. The dead money charge for the Steelers is 1.7, and they got a cap savings of $4.9 million. And given the fact that they just ate all of that $21 million meal with AB, the cap savings, honestly, is probably more valuable to the Steelers than Gilbert as a player, particularly because how injured he was. Right. Now, I do want to ask you also the other offensive line moves. What were your thoughts when the Steelers gave Marquise Pouncey a new deal and they also signed Ramon Foster before he hit free agency. I think that all stunned everyone. What were your thoughts on that? Did you like that? Did, 
were you kind of thinking, eh, Foster with Finney back, he, we could probably let him go? What were your thoughts? I was surprised with uh, the tendering Finney at that level. They must have got the idea that uh, that he was very coveted because that's a second round tender. And I don't, I don't know what he was drafted at, but I know it was nowhere near a second round. Undrafted free agent out of Kansas state. So he was undrafted. So when you look at the 2019 RFA tenders, or you look, the first round tender is 4.4 million. The second round is 3 million. And the original round is 2 million. He wasn't even drafted. So there wasn't even a tender amount that they necessarily had to give him. They just gave him the second round because they thought he was that valued. Not looking at the Ramon Foster deal, depending on how Foster performs and what that money looks like by keeping Finney, maybe they still run Foster next year and eat that money. You never know in the NFL. Also, I think they just felt really comfortable having him back and having him there as that backup. That, that that solid backup that they have if either Pouncey or Foster gets hurt. So anytime you can fortify your offensive line or keep it intact, I'm always for that. Yeah, it's a really smart move. It can really help the Steelers kind of narrow their focus as the offseason rolls on, and you don't need to get that interior depth that's there, like you mentioned. Uh, really the only spot on the offensive line is right tackle. I think, like you said, I agree with your point 100%, and that is that, that those players have been there. Those players have done that. They're comfortable with those players, and they should be able to roll. The offensive line is going to be the number one aspect of this offense this upcoming season, and I think maybe a return to Steeler football, like you mentioned, Lance, is exactly what the doctor needed, What or what I should say, what the doctor needs for the Steelers to actually just you know buckle down, run the rock, play action pass. You'll get your shots. You just have to connect on them. Um, let's talk about the impending contract. I say impending because it's only a matter of time until Ben Roethlisberger gets a new deal. If you're writing up this contract, how are you, how are you doing it? How are you writing it up in terms of years? I don't really need a number in terms of how much you're going to pay him, but how are you going to ma manage this so that the Steelers can maybe save some salary cap space this year? as well as keep Roethlisberger in the fold for the next few seasons. Given Roethlisberger's age, I think when you're negotiating his contract, I think you start with age. I mean, that, that, that's where it has to start because you need to know how far out you need to take the player. At 37, I, I think it's going to be a three-year extension. And I'm trying to pull up his numbers here. Uh, I think it's going to be a three-year extension. I think what will happen will be – they will take, and hopefully this pulls up, they will take whatever he is due in terms of whatever bonuses or salary. So they'll take, you know, whatever the, the amount of his bonus is plus his salary. They'll add that together, and then they'll add some money to that. And that will be a signing bonus, which will get spread out over the course of the four years. So it'll be a four it, – It'll be reported in some places as a four-year deal, but it'll really be a three-year extension. I don't think they're going to take him past 40, and, and nor should they. I mean, at that point in time, you should be looking for his replacement, and hopefully they have his replacement, your guy, on yeah. the roster. Yeah, so I Rudolph. think that uh, <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger's last year, so this will be 2019, 2020, 2020, 2021, 21-22. So I think 21-22 will be his last season, if I got that right. Uh, I think that'll be his last season. I think Ben will play three years of the deal. Um, I don't think he'll play all four years of the deal. And Or if your guy, you know, or if Ben's performance drops off, you know, maybe you have a quarterback controversy after the next two years of the deal. Uh, the interesting part of the deal will be how much is guaranteed uh, versus skill and injury and how they'll do that. They probably won't guarantee it uh, 100%, but it'll be guaranteed due to skill. But he's going to get paid. He's going to get a nice little bag. I anticipate his signing bonus will probably be, be around $30, 35000000 million. You split that out over four years. You can do the math, Jeff. 
That's about eight and a half million dollars in terms of dead money, which will bring his cap charge down significantly, which I think is close to twenty six million dollars. And so they have to do that immediately. I think they have to do that because I think he's due a bonus, a, a roster bonus, you know, maybe three or four days after the league year. I think around March 15th, he's due it. Uh, I think he's due it next week. So uh, the deal will definitely happen, I think, before Friday. I agree that I, I think they're going to try to get this deal done before the new league year starts. I think it's going to happen even sooner. Um, I, I definitely, in terms of my guy, Mason Rudolph, it's a big offseason. Because if he doesn't supplant Joshua Dobbs as the number two quarterback, then any talk of him, in my opinion, any talk of him being the next quarterback for the Steelers is just flushed down the drain. You're a rookie last year. You don't know the system. If you can't beat out Joshua Dobbs for the number two spot behind Big Ben, done. Um, that's why I haven't ordered my Mason Rudolph jersey yet. But at the same, <laughs> they sell though. <laughs> you can get any jersey you want. Anyways, there's a lot of people in the live chat, and I actually was. I'm gonna write an article. I'm probably gonna end up doing it today to publish tomorrow. And with my luck, the Steelers will announce that they extended Roethlisberger this afternoon. And there's a lot of people saying the Steelers have lost too much talent. Time to go into rebuild mode. That's what they've, they, they've been saying. And I'm not a, not a vast majority, but a lot of people. And so to that, I say that. It, you know, I you said, said that. Yeah. yeah. You said, said you said the window yeah, is shut. Well, here's the, crux, here's the crux of the article. If you're, if you feel that you are in rebuild mode and that you have lost too much talent and you're looking at this upcoming season slash seasons as, as what the Pittsburgh Pirates call a bridge year and where they're not really going to contend, they're just kind of getting pieces in place. Then, and they would, the Steelers would never openly admit that like the Pirates did. Uh, but at the same time, you should not extend Ben Roethlisberger then. Wow. It, it's, it's amazing how I do. I, my, yeah, I said it's, and, and it all comes back to a lot of the stuff that I said. They are going to extend Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, yeah, it, they are. They are. You know, I'm just saying, was, yeah. It was my opinion that they should not and that they should go into rebuild because we anticipated at that point that they would probably lose A.B. And that now that they've lost Le'Veon, that they should rebuild and retool and retool around this roster. But the reality of it is when you get a once-in-a-generation type dude that's a two-time Super Bowl winner, first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback, you squeeze all of the juice out. And when you're a franchise that has six championships, you just don't do that. You do everything you can to win. And so I think keeping Ben goes to that. And when they do the extension, that's a sign that they aren't in rebuild mode and that they're in retool mode. And you can make a good argument that they are in retool mode when you look at their performance against New Orleans. Now, A.B. won't be on the team, but they played incredible football in that game. And just going back to Ben Roethlisberger's numbers, he's due $12 million in salary this year and a $5 million roster bonus. They would have to pay that roster bonus next week. So that's $17 million. You take that $17 million, you add some money to that. Let's say you take it to 30 just to make it easy. You divide 30 by 4. That's his new dead money charge. You could do that. Uh, and, and then I don't know what they would give him in terms of a base salary, but they'll take his base salary and give him all of that in a bonus, and then he'll get a new base salary um, You know, in terms of the remaining portion of the year. But definitely, if they restructure that year, that's probably how it'll occur. But, you know, it's hard to rebuild when you're in Pittsburgh. I understand that. I talked about that on the show. But it's hard to rebuild in Pittsburgh because with fans, fans are fickle. It's damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you go in a rebuild mode and you're in Pittsburgh, people will be pissed. Well, <laughs> people will be pissed. And hey, people will just be pissed, let, period. Let's be honest. Let's look at, let's look at this for a second because they're not, they're not in rebuild mode. They're in reloading of whatever you want to call it. And I don't even think it's that serious. I mean, people freak out all the time. And for a fan base that is so loyal, they have no faith in the system and the, the what's gotten them where they are now as one of the biggest fan bases is a team that's won six Super Bowls, a team that has never had a losing season under their current head coach that has continuity out the wazoo. 
look, they're going to have their quarterback back, who is a franchise quarterback, who is still one of the best. He's a tier one quarterback. They have, well, let's be honest, James Conner proved last year that he is more than capable of handling the load of running back. Yes, they're losing Antonio Brown, and that's a big hole. Defensively, but offensively, the offensive line's intact. They're good. Defensively, I like the defensive front. Outside linebackers, they need to add something there because it's just Watt and Dupree, essentially. We know the inside linebackers. The secondary, cornerback, we talked about that. Need someone opposite Joe Hayden. Safeties, if they don't go out and make a move, I think they're okay. This team is not that far off. Even last year, if they had a kicker that could make a freaking kick, they'd be a totally different season. Keep that in mind. I mean, yeah, you you can't disagree with that. People want to jump to conclusions and think, oh my gosh, the Steelers only got a third and a fifth for Antonio Brown. The world is ending. This team sucks. They're not going to win more than five games next year. Blah, blah, blah. Remember, this team has a foundation that they can build upon. It might look different. It might not be an offense that's going to average 30 points a game, but it hadn't under Brown and Bell either. And that's what I always go back to. How many Super Bowls did they win with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell? Zero. Nothing. So they were great players. And I appreciate all that they did for the Steelers and their fan base. It was a lot of fun watching them play. But at the same time, life goes on. And these are professionals. And these are coaches that are professional coaches. And if there's one thing, like we talked about before, you said it earlier, if there's one position that I am confident the Steelers can draft, it's wide receiver. Right. Period. I, I trust that they can make that pick. I will say this because I want to just give a little bit of the contract money. So let me, let me ask you, Jeff, overall, who won in this? Did AB win? Did the Steelers win? Did the system win? Who won in this? Who's your winner and oh who's your gosh? Antonio Brown won hands down. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> listen, the guy got out of Pittsburgh, out of his current contract. Who cares about the team that he went to? They gave him $31 million guaranteed dollars on a new three-year deal. A new bag. And, and he made his old employer look so bad that people didn't want him. So he hurt the team that he left, and yeah. he gains all that new money. Yes, he took a turd in the corner. He, yeah. he, dropped, a <laughs> he, he, he dropped a turd in the corner. He absolutely did. Let me, And I agree with you, Jeff, 100%. That AB is the winner in this. Let me add this number to it. That and it's thanks to Ian for breaking this down for me, because Jason at Over the Cap wrote the following. Who does the website for Over the Cap? He wrote the following in a tweet for the Steelers. I don't know how you spend this as anything more than a disaster. They spent over twenty nine million in new money for a year. And, and Ian broke it down like this. In 2017, Brown was due 4.7. He got the extension. He got an additional $34 million over 2017 and 2018. So the 29 in new money was just for one year. He got 29 in new money, took a dump in the corner, left and got another 33, like $30 million from Oakland. He he won. Oh yeah. Steelers lost in this matter. I think they will learn from this. I think they will learn in how they do contracts. That if guys try to do this, that they put it in the contract such that they try to retain or to re or or take back some of the money that they gave them in bonuses. So if you're gonna kick and scream and get out the door, I'm going to take the bag back. It's going to cost you a lot of money to do it. It didn't cost Antonio Brown any money to get out of Pittsburgh. So the Steelers, I think, absolutely lost. And I think they lost because they were too vocal in making their intentions known. Bad boys move in silence. And I think in the future, you know, you just don't say some of the things because they created a situation where they couldn't take the player back, so they had to accept whatever compensation they felt was best whenever it came. So I, I think they'll go about this differently. But I think Antonio 
Brown is a rare situation. I don't think most players will try to do what he did and what Le'Veon Bell did because guys like money. And and it's tough to get out of contract. So I don't think people are willing to sacrifice their reputation like A.B. did to get the money. So, I mean, I think that's what it is. Just came through the wire. Attention, Giants fans. Expect Odell Beckham Jr. to do the same exact thing whenever he wants out of New York. You know that's going to happen. And a lot of players are talking about that. The players see a way out now, and they they are just going to cause a ruckus. They're going to get you so riled up in terms of an organization and a franchise that you're going to say, we got to get rid of you. You're toxic. You're a cancer. we got to get rid of you. We'll get rid of you no matter what. Okay, but here's the thing. We both agree that AB won now, but in the long term, that might be different. Yes, okay. it, could be it might be totally different. And it's, it'll be based on his production and wins and losses from both teams. Because if the Steelers win a Super Bowl next year, nobody will care. No, and if the if the if the Steelers turn the third and the fifth or any combination of picks that they got this offseason and somehow package them and get a player or they get uh they move up in the draft and they get a guy that is just right away an immediate player, I'm not gonna say stud, but you you know, you know what I mean. Then it's it's going to be different, and I will think it's also interesting that since the Steelers played Oakland last year, and they played the whole AFC West in their rotation, that unless the Raiders and Steelers finish at the same place in the standings in their respective divisions, they won't play Antonio Brown again for another four years. So he's going to turn 31 before this year. He'd be approaching 35, and he would he wouldn't even be with them because it's only a three year deal. I'm sorry. So the Steelers might not ever see Antonio Brown again in terms of him playing in a, in a, in a silver and black. I think that's what they dub themselves the black and silver, whatever. Um, he is silver and black. <laughs> now I have to get rid of my 84 AB jersey. I got I had a couple ABs. That this will be the last day that I wear those. You got to learn from me, man. It guaranteed. You got to get the guaranteed players. Okay. At this point in time, don't buy any current player jerseys. Like these were gifts. These were gifts. I'm sure they I, were. I don't buy. You bought a. You, know, you, probably, bought, you probably bought a Jarvis Jones jersey. You probably went out and got a 95 when Jarvis Jones, a sack man, sack man, the, got the last. The last current player jersey <laughs> that I bought was was Heinz Ward. I, I think that was because typically I don't buy offensive player jerseys. I'll just get. I typically just get Joe Green or Palomalo. That's pretty much my sweet spot. I got a bunch well, of Palomalos yeah. and I got a couple of Joe Greens, and Those I want never go out of style. And I want a Donnie Shell. Um, so yeah, I mean, hey, this team, Jeff, hey, it, it keeps us busy, doesn't it? Uh, in terms of the Steelers podcasting slash blogging business, it's booming. <laughs> I can't complain. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> we have we, we almost have we almost we almost have two hundred people watching the show live right now, and for the this is these are like numbers we get in the post game show. And this, the website's almost over a hundred thousand views today already. Um, it's, I, I hate it because I'm a Steelers fan. I'm not one of these people that's like a Houston Texans fan that just writes about the Steelers. No, I'm a Steelers fan. I hate that Antonio Brown's leaving. He's a turd and I'm glad that he's gone now. But at the same time, I also view things differently. It's like, well, might as well talk about it. Might as well make some, make some money on the side. You know what I mean? So here we go. I don't know. I mean, yeah, so, it, it, it's definitely fantastic. I mean, not a fantastic day for Steeler Nation, but it's fantastic. And the connection has been solid. Oh, we boy. A big Ben type connection today. So, <laughs> hey, hey, now, you know, Big Ben's my guy. And I'm just waiting. I will say this if, if Ben, if Mason Rudolph plate pans out, I will be buying a Mason Rudolph jersey. No doubt about it. Yes, I, I, I know you will. And the last name will be Choi in the back. You won't even put you won't even put his last name in the back. It'll just no, be I'll, just, I'll wear it everywhere. I think if I if Mason Rudolph is the quarterback, I'll wear his jersey every show, off season, in season, doesn't matter. He's the man. Yes. There you go. There Bring you on go. Mason Rudolph. That's what I say. But anyways, I know Lance, you got to get out of here. It's been a long show as it is. We appreciate everyone that was watching live on YouTube. If you're not watching live. Please subscribe to our channel. Go to YouTube.com and search BTSC Steelers Radio. Subscribe, like, share. We appreciate all the support there. But it, just remember, only three of our shows are on YouTube. 
We have a bunch of other shows that are just podcasts only. You can find us on all your audio platforms, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Just type in Steelers. Look for the BehindTheSteelCurtain.com logo. Subscribe. As Lance always says, what do you always say? Follow, tell it. I like that tag that you say. Oh, tune in, tell a friend to subscribe. Yes. I, tune in, tell, tell a, a friend, friend and, and subscribe. subscribe. I like that. Yes, I like yes, that. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, Lance, any closing remarks before we go? Uh, this will be the last day I wear this 84. I can auction it off. Maybe I can get a new bag as who well. Is, who is going to buy that? No one. And this <laughs> is the color rush, too. This is the color those are, rush. Those are sick jerseys, though. Yeah, what should I do with this, man? Should I give it away? Um, I do know that in 93.7, the fan at one time was collecting Antonio Brown jerseys for charity. Um, but I don't know if that's still an option. Yeah, I'm not so. going to burn it and burn my house down or put myself in an emergency room burning it. I, I won't do that. But well, I would I'm like fine. to give it away. Find a young kid that's a Steeler fan that might never get a jersey and say, look, it's yeah, not it's not a it's not a current player, but it's better than nothing. So you uh, it will be retired at some point and you can wear it then if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well no. that's go hey, ahead. You good? It's the NFL and things happen. The Steelers will continue. Absolutely. And maybe just maybe we don't all have a soap opera anymore. Maybe the sand in the hourglass will stop spinning and it's the days of the days of our lives will completely end with Bell and Brown gone. Yes, I don't will. know. We won't have as much to talk about. But we'll be back next week. New league year. Will the Steelers go out and get a free agent? Will they lose any of their own free agents? We'll be talking about that and a lot more. So check us out next week for another episode of this. The standard is the standard. <laughs>